This week on Podcast 17, be prepared for a huge release list, including various Portal releases, Left 4 Dead releases, GoldenEye Source, Dystopia, and Eternal Silence. We also interview Mudda Sheep from the Halfquake series. Get ready for another edition of Podcast 17. Welcome to another edition of Podcast 17. This is episode 11393. I am your host, William, as always, here every Sunday giving you guys the best look into Half-Life news, uh, Half-Life reviews, previews, and interviews. Um, We got a really big show today, a lot on the agenda, so we're going to be going through a lot of little topics um, and then eventually get to our interview. But first, I'd like to uh, say hello to our guests. Uh, this week, as always, we have Thomas from uh, Half-Life Creations and uh, co-host. Yes, I am really popped up on the coffee. Very excited. Lots of stuff to go through. <laughs> you hopped up on the coffee. Is it Tim Hortons coffee? Uh, unfortunately, no. This is some kind of Folgers Colombian crap. But if I had Tim Hortons, then it would be like... <laughs> a lot of A lot of our... I guess overseas, outside of Canada, listeners don't even know what Tim Hortons is, unless they live in Michigan or any other bordering state. But well, that's okay. If they want it, they have to come get it. Exactly. Anyway, um, also this week we have James uh, Minwi from uh, Cry of Fear. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's such yeah, very, no very last minute notice. Yeah, we sh- we should let the we should let the listeners know so you don't sound like an idiot this episode. That we did ask you to come on yesterday, so scraping the bottom of the barrel now. I think <laughs> we just kind of forgot to be honest. It's like getting an endorsement from Shaq Fu. You just gotta roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we just kind of forgot, like I said. And this week our uh, special interview is with uh, Philip Mudda Sheep from the Half Quake series. How you doing? I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> we're, we're very excited to have you on the show. We had Halfquake as a blast from the past. I think, was it three episodes back, Thomas? Or three or four or something? Uh, I think it was closer to four episodes back that we had it from a blast from the past. Yeah, I heard about it. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I always like Halfquake. But uh, we'll get to that towards the end of the episode when we have the uh, when we have the interview. So let's get in, roll into our podcast news. Um, today we are recording on HLC Radio. We have Daniel here, who's in charge of the stream, and he's making sure we get out live. I think we are live. Are we live right now, Daniel? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, so we're live out on HLC Radio. We're going to try, like I said, try to be live every Sunday. Every Sunday morning, if you're up at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, or 3 p.m. GMT, you can do your own time conversion. Um, also, next on Podcast 17 News, we're still looking for video editors. Email us, feedback at podcast17.com. Uh, you can, if you are a video editor, you can always send us some demos, and uh, we're trying to get video podcasts out. So if you're good with fraps, really, it doesn't take much. If you want to use Windows Video Editor or whatever the hell it's called, you can. Um, we just don't have time to do it ourselves. So if you have fraps... video editor. Then you can do it if you really want to. Do you have time, Daniel? Uh, honestly, I'll have to look into it. Okay. All right. Well, Been then. Super busy. Hurry up if you want to be our video editor. You might have to compete with Daniel. So, um, and then lastly, uh, podcast seventeen news. Our numbering format. Uh, last episode, Thomas actually brought it up, 
and he was talking about our numbering format and what does it mean and uh, a valued form goer actually figured it out um i think his name is nine was his name nine um 904 i think yeah, not appropriate. <laughs> it was it was some number. And yeah, it was nine oh four. Yeah, nine oh four. Valued for a member. Insert name here. <laughs> yeah, nine oh four. Nine oh four. Anyway, um, to be honest, I kind of messed up the numbering scheme over the past couple episodes. Um, uh, but he still figured it out, even though I made mistakes. Um, there's 168 hours in a week, uh, and. So every episode is 168 incremented, or 168 plus to the previous number, uh, meaning that, you know, we have that many hours in between episodes. Um, sometimes it should be like 196, and sometimes it should be less or more, depending on what day we release. That's why I've screwed up. Um, but he went to go further that uh, he's he was trying to get it back to the release of hl2 episode 2 and the orange box engine but really that's not what we did we just kind of started counting at uh how many hours there are in a year so we just i don't know why philip did it early on but he didn't want to start at zero so he said okay how many hours are in a year and that's the first episode number so that's how our episodes work it's really that simple a lot of people had some crazy ideas though thomas didn't they (laughs) yeah i think though most of the crazy ideas came from me, I'm the one that said that uh, <laughs> the numbers were picked from a Soviet or Russian nuclear launch code book. Yep. Some people were like doing crazy math, and it just didn't make any sense. They were just trying to make it work. <laughs> That's <laughs> half the fun about you know, like here's a puzzle. Try and figure it out. Like Ala lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so that's our numbered format. Uh, congratulations, 904. If I ever get money, I'll send you some sort of prize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next up on our list is Straight from the Mouth of Valve, and we got a lot of Valve updates this week. Um, first off and uh, foremost, we have Valve community updates. Um, so if you host a Valve community or like uh, has things to do with invitations and RSS feeds. There are a couple ads to that. Uh, you can now invite, have like split invite or something, and now there's RSS feeds um, to groups and such. So if you use something like Google Reader, you can RSS feed um, Steam communities, which is really cool, just in case people are posting news on there. I haven't really seen something like that. But anyway, regardless, um, Left 4 Dead Retail sold 1.8 million. Um, so that's Ooh. just... That's just retail sales, right? Yeah. Yep. So not over Steam, because they never release the Steam numbers. Yes, they do. Do they? Yeah, they do. Uh, They started releasing them recently. If you uh, read Kotaku, they do a PC game sales list every month, and that includes um, Steam, and I want to say the direct-to-derive setup as well as retail. Oh, okay, that's cool. So then you can add these to the... Steam releases then, or whatever. But uh, right. this 1.8 includes uh, copies sold up to till 2008 for on the Xbox 360 and PC. So those are combined numbers. Um, that's a lot of sales. I can't remember. We had we talked about sales from Valve a couple episodes, a lot of episodes back, actually. And we were reading off all the sales. I think it was on uh, Game of Sutra, where they released all their sales numbers. Um, that was an interesting look, but 1.8 million, that's a large number for a new game. So Especially such a boring game. <laughs> yeah, some people some people think it is boring. I think 
a lot of people are just waiting for custom content now at this point. Well, it's because uh, Philip's uh, Planet Philip's not here anymore, so I thought I'd take the place of the whiny British guy who doesn't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, I thought Philip Mud a Sheep would be saying something like that since he shares a name with Philip from Planet. <laughs> That's going to be confusing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for new campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody is, which leads us into our next news uh topic not really our next on the agenda but i guess i can do a segue um left for dead uh choice edition dlc and sdk details so that's interesting i think they're coming out sdk's coming out in the spring from what i remember anybody can anybody else confirm that yeah i look forward to seeing the sdk in september september yeah we have to uh account for valve time because yeah. you know there's there's a <laughs> offset. It's like uh, the Roman calendar and the Julian calendar. They don't line up. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, though. I mean, they they must realize how important this SDK is to the maintenance of Left for Dead. You know? It's so, not uh, even the maintenance. It's like the new boat when the Left for Dead one sinks. Right. Pretty much. And um, I guess something about the DLC is that some people are afraid they're going to charge for it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true too. They also, only charge on the Xbox, right? I yeah, uh, I I don't know what how they're gonna charge it on the PC. If they only charge on the Xbox 360 and not on the PC, you're gonna have a lot of crazy angry Xbox fanboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when are they like, not just crazy gonna invade, and angry? They're gonna invade our little PC universe and just <laughs> kick our shins because they're all under ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, didn't they release or announce some new, yeah, survival mode or something? Didn't they release some new multiplayer game mode? Yeah, that's what the DLC is yep. going to include. Survival, yeah. So that's pretty cool. I think that's self-explanatory, though. I think you just have to survive for a certain amount of time as the, I guess, enemies come after you. Um, so that's it for... The second last bit, Steam Client Update. There's also a Steam Client Update. See, Valve is really busy this week. Um, I'm not sure what this Steam Client Update includes because my link is broken now. But uh, does anybody know? Can you have a look? No? You know, they happen so often you almost start to not pay attention to them anymore. Like when the Steam browser came up, I was like, wait, what? Oh, wait, wait, I remember one thing. You can actually choose your location now for downloading files. So if you live in Canada and you were downloading um, from, like, the States, you can now say, I want to download all my content from Canada, or you can choose your location based on downloading servers, which is nice. So, like, in case one download's going really slow, you can just choose a different location on a release date. I wanted to do that with Left 4 Dead, and I couldn't. Um, I was actually trying to do some crazy IP redirects, but it didn't work. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's it for Straight from the Mouth of Valve. Let's go on to some the two Left for Dead campaigns that uh, well, it looks like they've been pulled from. Or is Left is FPS Banana having an error? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah looks I, like it. FPS and Banana is <laughs> down right now. That's okay because I remember these. Um, two Left 4 Dead campaigns that I played with Nick, who actually isn't here today, shame on Nick, um, called Death Aboard and City Manami. Um, Death Aboard is actually the better out of the two. City Manami made the front page of FPS Banana, I'm not sure why. Um, Death Aboard is a two-map campaign 
where you can just basically battle it out. Um, you start in a prison, and you have to basically make it out of the prison. It's really nice. It's really nicely done. It reminds me of a professional Left 4 Dead campaign. Nick and I played it probably about four times through. Just solid. And it's just two maps. Um, City Manami is a mall, but it's not really done that well. It's a very open area, very basic brushwork. Um, it looks more like a third-party campaign rather than a Valve campaign. I do not suggest playing City Manami. It is buggy, too. Um, Nick and I, by mistake, fell out of the map uh, a series of times. Um, but Death Aboard, definitely pick it up. So check out our show notes. And uh, if you're a Left 4 Dead fan, play through that campaign. See, I didn't even think they could do campaigns. So what the hell does the SDK do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, you can technically create maps, and the maps can technically have level changes, but the SDK will allow you to have prettier graphics, have, like, movie campaign posters, and it'll be supported so, like, a server can download the maps to your um, computer instead of having to do hackish ways to connect to servers that have the campaigns. Oh, okay, yeah. You could make your own FTP, couldn't you? I don't know. I don't yeah, know anything you... about that sort of stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, you you guys are the professionals. I mean, you're the coder for Cry Fear. <laughs> Not me. I just talk about news. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're good. You still have to do console commands, though. So, like, you have to type in map and SV underscore land zero and get your friend in and all that sort of stuff. You can't choose your character, so you're pretty much stuck with who you want. so um, Or who you don't want. <laughs> So, Portal releases. Now that we're done Left 4 Dead releases. Um, Anxious Chamber 1. I think that's how you pronounce that. I don't know. Thomas, you're good with words. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's go with that. Anxious? Yeah, anyway. Um, this wasn't a very good map. This is coming from my uh, Aperturelabs.com. Uh, I didn't really have that much fun with it. A lot of people are giving it... It's running at a 4.0 out of 5 right now. It was just pretty basic, really easy, put it that way. Um, really basic puzzles, but it's good for somebody's uh, first try. Escape from Cryolab. Now this is a map that if you're a Portal fan, you need to download. I cannot beat the second room, and this thing looks awesome. It is such a good little combination of maps, and they have a nice little banner, um, nice little image screenshot that you can check out, the multi-screen preview, um, if you follow our link. And uh, it just is such a beautiful-looking mod for portals. So download that, but be advised, it is insanely, insanely hard. Um, Irrational Chamber, another easy one, but a little bit better than uh, than Anxious Chamber. So if you like easier-type portal maps, then check that out. And Map 2 was also released. It's the sequence, um, or it's the sequel, sorry. To map one, we talked about map one last week. I didn't get to play map two, but if it's anything like map one, it should be a pretty good map. So that is it with our portal releases. Did you guys take a look at the cryolab image? I did actually. Yep. Yeah, it looks that, cool. Like, is that water that doesn't kill you? See, I, did, I didn't <laughs> make it that far, so I don't know. Oh, okay, because it's like, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was no water in the original portal that didn't kill you. Right. There wasn't. You're right. Yeah, correct. So, I don't know. It probably does kill you, though. Yeah, it would have to, I would think, because I think um, Gladys, at the very beginning of the game, says that the portal gun cannot be submerged in water or something. Yeah, I don't recall. <gasps> Plot but device. Dun-dun-dun. 
I think put she a... just said, don't submerge it, but hey. <laughs> you can put a Ziploc bag around it like you do with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they come but... that big. Yeah, I don't know. But Cryolab looks awesome. It, it kind of looks like a mix between, you know, a City 17 type map yeah. and... Uh, looks and like you can get to the surface. Yeah, yeah. It, does, it, cool. it is very grungy in that sense. It uses a lot of Half-Life um, and Half-Life 2 assets that uh, Portal doesn't use. So A little less sterile. Here's an interesting little, kind of like a segue comment. When do you think we're going to see mainstream portal mappers actually making things that don't take place inside of Aperture Science? Well, I think this, <laughs> yeah, I think this is a start, wouldn't it? Yeah, because oh, I'm so tired of seeing the same Aperture Science textures. Yeah, me too. Puke. I, actually, what's really cool, if you start up Cryolab, um, on the very first level, the guy actually did his own impression of GLaDOS, and it's not really GLaDOS. But he took his voice and he kind of femaleized it and then put it through some sort of filter that makes it sound like computerized. And it sounds really good. So he even did his own little um, Glad OS remake. Very well done. So Cool. It's not just some cheap knockoff. So cool. I, think, I think this is a start um, because he, it doesn't take place in Aperture Science, this, this little map pack. But anyway. Regardless, we can get on the release list, and it's a very, very, very long release list, so I'm going to attempt to go through this as fast as I can. First on the list is uh, Sector 9 from Planet Philip. The player wakes up in a destroyed laboratory. He must unravel past events to escape the city and avoid zombie hordes. Um, this is actually a pretty good uh, map, only because um, there's nothing special about it in terms of brushwork and map design, but it has a full... Um, like objective system so you start the map and it's like find the key to get out of the room and uh, you have to find the key to get out of the room and it's all HUD based so you have all the objectives on your HUD waiting for you you can even open up a map which only worked once for me I had to actually restart the map in order to get the map to come up again but you can hit the M key and a little map will come up like a little map overlay that's semi-transparent you can look at where you are and where you're going um, it's very cool so there's a lot of backtracking going on it's very puzzle and quest based so if you like that sort of stuff I know Thomas you don't <laughs> um, check out Sector 9. It's a cool map. It's very different. And uh, to stem from that, Camp Trip. You want to talk about objective-based, Camp Trip does this, like, retardedly. It is so nice. Retardedly as in, like, the 80s definition of retarded. <laughs> Let's get retarded. Um, it, <laughs> it is such a good map. Um you have all these... It feels like you're playing an MMO, almost, in Half-Life. Um, the very first quest is the guy's like, oh, I won't do anything for you until you bring me back four paint cans. And I know that sounds stupid, but it's cool <laughs> to play something like that in Half-Life 2. You have to go around the map and find all these paint cans that are hidden around. you got to talk to other people, and they're all just kind of standing around, and they have little chat bubbles above their face. And uh, you say, hey, where do I find these paint cans? And the guy's like, I think there's a paint can under the dumpster and you're like okay cool i'm gonna go into the dumpster <laughs> so <laughs> it is a very cool map and it's just one map and the idea is you have to there's this you crash on this island it's like an internment camp or something and uh, you crash on this island and this guy's like you have to find my wife she's still in the camp and you're like all right whatever i'll just go do it and you go into the camp and you basically have to do quests for various people before you actually get to his wife, and then at the end you have to bring the wife back. It's very hard to bring the wife back, though, because a lot of people <laughs> decide to shoot her. But uh, you need to check it out. 
if you you know what i don't even care thomas i know you don't like objective based maps but you need to check this one out it's cool quit saying that (laughs) (laughs) i don't like backtracking objective based maps i can do yeah and last time last time we talked about having little objectives or whatever or quests you got super pissed when was that which uh what was that like what was the mod I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. I, I want your Regardless. sources cited in Chicago style. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. Bastard. Anyway, um, moving on, moving on. Beta 3 of GoldenEye Source was released. Uh, you can check it out. Finally, their media blitz can end. Beta 3 is out. Um, crazy amount of uh, hype for this mod. I still haven't played it. Uh, but it looks cool. I think it. I don't know what the full update clock's in at, but uh, you need to check this out if you're a Goldeneye fan. I mean, we were talking about Goldeneye before we were recording the show, and Thomas said it's one of those games where if you didn't have with your N64, you were an outcast. So, <laughs> and I think everybody did. Everybody have an N64 here? Who didn't? No, I didn't. <laughs> did you at least I mean, play Goldeneye? I didn't back when it was cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you have one now. I do. Yeah. Philip, did you... I'm a bit uh, late with getting in with the times. Uh, <laughs> Philip, did you at least play Goldeneye on somebody else's No, N64? I'm afraid not. <laughs> You've never played Goldeneye on 64? No, nope. I missed out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why you're so sadistic. Probably. <laughs> you were just an angry child. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> everybody picked on me. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, but anyway... This is pretty cool. Um, they have an official deathmatch server and have an official t- team deathmatch server up right now. I'm not really sure, to be honest, what the beta three updates are, other than like everything. I mean, they changed, they changed their uh, a lot of models, uh, a lot of akimbo versions, and I mean, they just got tons of new maps now and redefined maps. It just looks awesome. I'm looking at the screenshots of facility, and I'm just, I just want to play this right now. Let's just stop the podcast. <laughs> is it just so, me, or like did a bunch main. of mods come out this weekend? Yeah, yeah, which is what we're getting around to. Um, next on our list, though, is Portal Prelude, released uh, 1.1.5, and I'm not a Portal Prelude fan, so it's out. So if you like Portal Prelude, download the new version. Um, I guess if you've already played Portal Prelude, I, you could probably skip this because nothing's changed other than fixes and uh, a lot of uh, localization fixes. So if you're from Germany or uh, from China, you can now change the language and everything. Um, But there's nothing else different about the mod itself. So, except for hints. If you get stuck, maybe you can replay it. But uh, check it out. So in other words, if you're like me and the first time you played it, you got fed up and pissed off at it and uninstalled it, hopefully these fixes will actually make it tolerable to finish until the end. Well, I don't think they, I don't think they uh, changed the difficulty of the chambers. I think they might have just added hints. And a lot of the chambers in Portal Prelude were more about timing and less about figuring it out. Well, so. it wasn't, it wasn't so much that it was hard. It was, there was other things that compounded onto it. It. It just didn't feel right. I don't know. It was a very difficult uh, mod for me. And I don't know. I consider myself a good portaler. 
but horrible. somebody's probably gonna play cryolab and email me and say like man dude that that was so easy you're such an idiot and <laughs> i'm gonna feel really bad about myself how was the voice acting in this mod what's that how was the uh, voice acting in this mod in portal prelude yep good it's one of the better ones for sure okay. um it gets a lot of acclaim for its voice acting i mean it is the best almost the best portal mod don't get me wrong it's just really hard so, um, it is for um, the elite, so to speak. Yeah. It's not, Next not mod for on the our... average Joe. Sorry, sorry, Thomas? So said it's not for the average Joe. It's for those that, you know, like getting their sack kicked around a little. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, next on our list is the Great Forever Tomorrow. And I played this, and let me tell you, you can only play this in spurts of, like, five minutes or else your eyes start to hurt. It is such a trippy mod. Um, basically, it starts off, um, you're in, you land on this island. It's a single-player mod, let me just tell you that to begin with, for episode two. Um, you start on this island, and it's like, you have to take down all the generators to get inside the complex. And you're like, okay, cool. But everything's, it's almost like a dream world. Uh, where everything's kind of messed up, and there's really weird architecture, really weird textures. But it's okay at the very beginning in terms of the trippiness. I mean, it's it's still a normal game. And then once you get inside the complex, like, shit just hits the fan. And you're like, what is going on? Um, you get these crazy weapons, like a laser gun. You can actually get uh, a gun that shoots the little hound eye bolts, which is really cool, because I've always wanted something like that. Um... And then you can get, like, this combine repeater, which is uh, um, a change to the pulse cannon. It just shoots, like, faster and harder, I guess. Kind of like a la Daft Punk. Um, <laughs> but it's trippy. This game hurt my eyes after a while, so be prepared if you're, in dis if you're prone to, I don't know, I guess seizures? Yeah, epileptic seizures. I might have to check that one out. <laughs> yeah, you would like it. You would definitely <laughs> like it. <laughs> From your previous background. They took advantage of the bump mapping system, like, way too much. They just bumped the crap out of all their textures. If you look on their ModDB profile, there's a picture of, uh, like, some Renaissance paintings. And you can just see how much bump there is in one little texture um, by how they did it. It's cool, though. Um, it was fun. The ending boss was annoying. I actually had to use cheats to beat it, and I wasn't playing on hard or anything. It's just they throw so much stuff at you. Um, it is a more difficult mod because they just throw hordes and hordes and hordes of enemies at you. Uh, but I was able to get to the end without cheating, but I had to use cheats to, to destroy like Prometheus, the big boss dude. So Anyway, um, check it out if you're into single-player mods, and if you like you know, the quirky aspect of things, check out The Great Forever Tomorrow. What do you guys think of these screenshots? Looks cool. Uh, <laughs> it looks I was like yesterday, it... actually. Yeah. Any it's, interest? Uh, it looks interesting, but uh, not my kind of thing. No. I like all the custom textures and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it took me probably, um, you know, two, two or three hours to beat. Put it that way. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty long mod for being a single player mod. Thomas? Kind of looks like a crayon box exploded in some places, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Um, it was like, interesting, though. I think if shit. I had to... What's that? It's like, shit, we need to decorate this room. Throw in the crayon box grenade. 
<laughs> Maybe you should contact Frag out and let them know to add uh, a crayon box grenade. Yeah, throws, you know, melting wax everywhere. Temporary blinds your enemies and sticks them on the ground. <laughs> I think if I had to rate the mod, I'd give it uh, a 6 or 7. 6 or 7 out of 10. So... I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but some people like ratings. Um, Stargate The Last Stand came out with a 1.1 release. That's all I'm going to say about that. I haven't played it, nor do I care. Um, Dark World released a demo, and uh, Dark World is a single-player uh, mod that is kind of like a horror-ish mod. Do not download this demo. That's the first thing I'm going to say. In almost the last thing I'm going to say, there are so many map bugs with this, uh, I fell out of the map a whole bunch of times. I just said screw it and quit the mod. There's only like two maps. Just wait for the actual mod to be released. I don't know why people release these demos like this, but it was just bad. Really bad. So. And it looks like all Half-Life 2 stuff. Yeah, it is. Which I don't see why modders do that, because even if they don't have a modeler, there's still places like FPS Banana where you can get custom guns and HUDs and stuff. It only takes five minutes. Yeah, I was talking. Yeah, to, that's kind of a turnoff for me. I was talking personally. to Nick when I was playing the Great Forever Tomorrow, and I was very happy to see custom models, even though they were just like crappy, trippy textures again. I mean, they still had custom effects to them, and that was something that was really prominent in Half Life One mods. Um, you would rarely see somebody re reuse the Half Life One uh, models unless they were just creating a map. If it was a mod, it was their own models, and you don't see that enough in single player Half Life Two campaigns. And I think a lot more modders need to do that. I think it almost kind of breaks the fourth wall, so to speak. I mean, you're trying to get immersed in the mod, and you just think, this is just Half-Life 2 with extras. Right. It doesn't feel as immersive, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, it just felt like Ravenholm, this this mod at least. Yeah, Ravenholm. And, uh, that... Ravenholm 2.0. <laughs> and that really bothered me. Actually, not even 2.0, probably like 0.3. <laughs> Ravenholm 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> all right next on our list that's that's dark world demo i don't suggest downloading it wait till it comes out um secret lab assault for half-life 2 uh, this was on city17.ru but now it's on planet philip um so you don't have to sift through all the russian text you can download it i haven't played it yet but it's out there um philip has a lot of screenshots out there and he gave it a four to five play it later worth the effort um, he got confused at the first part, and uh, he had a lot of trouble with some areas, and he said, most of the maps this size, it's fun to play, but really needs to be part of something larger uh, to be really enjoyable. So he's, he thinks it's lacking in some aspects. So uh, check out Secret Lab if you're into, you know, playing everything. Eternal Silence! is on steam huzzah finally they were delayed a little bit but 3.2 is finally now on steam they got con tons of screenshots sorry on their um, uh, db profile um daniel you're the only one out of us that's played this it's fun they fixed a lot of the laggy issues and that really makes it a lot more enjoyable um 32 player servers are going to still be a bit laggy but you can actually have good amounts of uh, players per team without it lagging to death. That's good. So tell us about this mod for everybody who doesn't really follow it. What exactly goes on? Um, it's space-based combat. Think 
full Newtonian physics, Battlestar Galactica, any other sort of nerdy thing like that. Two spaceships going against each other, two teams per spaceship. They get in sh other ships, and they go and shoot each other. Cool. So is there a lot of... Uh... Uh, like player combat and ship combat because I thought I think you can play on you can fight each other on the ships as well right on the docking yeah there's almost. like boarding action I guess you could say yeah which is pretty cool yeah they've done a lot of really good work for the source engine a lot of people though were, were saying it's a little bit boring like flying from point A to point B and almost the vastness of space mm. did you find that the only thing I can tell you that is playing a server with 32 people yeah, okay, so it's better with a lot of people than just a few. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's that's good advice. Um, next on our list, though, is Dystopia is on Steam. Huzzah! And uh, we're going to... I don't want to talk too much about this because um, actually next week we are having Dystopia on the show um, from Chris, uh, who if Podcast 17 reader or listeners uh, remember... He was from Birambao, and he also now works for Dystopia as PR representative or whatever. So he got us an interview with Dystopia next week, which would be very, 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 very cool. So just be aware that Dystopia is on Steam, and uh, you can download it 1.2. There's a lot of player guides out there now. For people who haven't played this, check it out and uh, read their new player guides. they got a lot of really cool things to get new people started in this mod. So this is a perfect time. If you've never, ever, ever, um, you know, played Dystopia, good time to get into the mod. So that's that. Um, next on our list is Online Gallery SP Demo. I haven't played this, and I've been following this. I have no want to play this, but this is kind of, kind of something unique for Half-Life 2. Um, basically what it is, I'll explain it, and maybe we can have a discussion about it. What it is is uh, a virtual gallery to share with your family and friends in the Source Engine. So there's these maps with picture frames on the wall, and you can point the picture frames to um, whatever you want, like some online gallery. Um, and you can publish it on the internet for your friends to download and share, um, and you can connect through the galleries through a multiplayer almost, and you can just kind of look at pictures on the wall, and you can maybe do it over voice and say like, oh, this is our... This was our camping trip, and this was when we went to Paris. And uh, you can just walk through the maps and stuff like that. But the 1.5 demonstration is out. Um, it includes music and the ability to replace the images with your own images. Um, also, you can find the Final Fantasy Cube to open the Final Fantasy Gallery, which is not finished yet, but gives you a basic idea of where we're going with the online gallery. Um, this isn't something that I'm really interested in. It seems like a lot of work just to show your friends your photos from your vacation. But uh, it is something very unique. What do you guys think? Uh, it's a very cool porn idea. Too. The virtual porning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a cool idea, but uh, I just don't. I don't mean to knock the guys, but I don't see the point. I mean, if you come back from holiday or whatever, you're not going to go. Oh, here's my uh, holiday photos. If you want to see them, just load up Half-Life Two and uh, get in the online gallery. You're just going to want to show them with your with your hands. <laughs> actual photos in real life so i don't yeah i agree <laughs> yeah, and also he... i mean sorry go for it, it like do you join the servers and stuff to look at other people's photos i believe so See, that's a that's a bit creepy actually <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, is a I bit weird that being abused yeah it's... it's the hallway of assholes you know what it reminds me of though it reminds me of the gold old like Counter-Strike days. I mean, there were never good old Counter-Strike days. But <laughs> back when Counter-Strike was out and 
alive and kicking like the original. And people were starting to discover um, colored sprays, and people would mm-hmm. spray like their own <laughs> photos on in the maps. And then everybody would just stop what they're doing and look at this guy's spray. Don't get like, cute. <laughs> yeah, and then you get killed or something like that. But everybody wanted to see this guy spray, and it was it's almost like what this is it what this is. Um, it's really up to the player to determine what other people are seeing. Um, but it can just be abused so much. Like I can just see goat seat pictures, two girls, one cup, like tons of stuff like that, just <laughs> plastered all over these online galleries. Yeah, and yeah, whenever I used to play Counter Strike and. Uh... Somebody would, it's quite often that people have sprays of their girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I'd always shoot the sprays. And <laughs> if they're on my team, more than 90% of the time, they would team kill me for shooting the photo of their girlfriend. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, I wonder if there'd be like cheats. Like, I wonder if you can just do Impulse 101 in the online gallery. Just rip apart. Or to maybe the photos. You'd be cool though if if they implemented like tomatoes or something, and you could throw tomatoes at people's pictures or darts. You know, people like throwing darts at people's photos. Or, or lasers to show them. something. <laughs> <laughs> like pointing at your head. <laughs> maybe that's just our sadistic attitude. We always want something to shoot with. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to knock the guys because it is a very cool and unique idea. I think so too. We do, we do need more of them. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's just at this point, I don't see what the point is. You know, they I think really we need, need to see more. Yeah, we uh, need to see more, and we need to see yeah. you know the selling point of the mod. Yeah, I shall continue to show my photos in real life. Yeah, right, unless you give <laughs> or, me a reason to use your engine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, if you want to see how it works, um, maybe play around with it. You can download 1.5. I haven't yet, so it could be awesome. I mean, it could be totally different from what they say, and it could be just, the, you know, the Pandora's box of mods, but <laughs> I think it is uh, exactly what they say, and it's just showing pictures. Anyway, um, Rebellion 1.3, version 1.3 has been released. I haven't played this yet, but a lot of people are playing it. I saw a lot of people on Steam the other day playing through this single-player mod. Um, I can't really say much else other than this. Has anybody been following this or playing it or whatnot? Mm-hmm. No. Um, I've been following it, and it actually looks pretty interesting. Like the not only do the maps really look good, like if you check out the mod DB profile, they've got some actually really good images of outdoor areas, and yeah. it looks really professionally done. But I also think they've spent a little bit of time on the the story. You actually play as a high-ranking official in a military force. And right. it kind of, you know, of course, shit goes all to hell. Kind of, you know, with the name Rebellion, and if you're in a military force, chances are there's going to be some conflicts there. You can read all about it on ModDB, but I'm actually, I'll probably actually download and play this, and maybe I'll be able to get back to you guys. You know what? I've, yeah, of course I've played this. I, I feel like such an idiot now, and I'm sorry, Raphael. Um, I feel so bad, because I playtested this for him. <laughs> And uh, I think version 1.3 has a lot of the fixes that uh, I gave him, to be honest. We actually talked about this a couple episodes back. Um, sorry that I forgot. Rebellion is just such a just such a standard name for a mod. Um, I play so, mu- so many things. But yeah, Rebellion is exactly what you say, Thomas. It is fun. It is a really good mod. Um, I gave him a lot of bug reports, so hopefully 1.3 fixes a lot of those things. So um, I suggest it. If you haven't played it, play it now. Uh, it's fun. 
Uh, Philip and I both ripped this mod apart, and we gave him a lot of good criticism. So, anyway, once again, sorry, Raphael. I don't, I didn't mean to forget about you. <laughs> I feel really bad now. Anyway, um, moving right along, our last little release bit for the week is uh, the Half-Life 2 SP Strider Mountain pre-release on PlanetPhilip.com. Um, if you actually go to Planet Philip, I'm just going right now, I think there's a giant banner that takes up your whole screen. Yeah. Strider Mountain pre-release download now available. And uh, if you click that, you just go to his file front link, and you can download the Strider Mountain. If you guys remember last episode, um, Philip was talking about having... Um, a pre-release and some pre-release media for Strider Mountain for exclusively on Planet Philip. It might be out, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it might be out other places now, but it was exclusively first at Planet Philip. So check it out. Uh, I haven't played it yet because it was released overnight, uh, but looks awesome. Strider Mountain, definitely one of the better mods coming out for Half-Life 2. It's going to be sweet. But I don't know. I don't know if they're playing through a lot of the uh, the actual storyline. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of that if we actually play the mod later on in the future. So, I guess we'll have to find out. Anyway. Media Blitz. Um, Decadence is our first little Media Blitz for the week. And uh, they have a trailer and a release date out. And their trailer looks awesome. As always, you can watch it in high def. Um, on their actual website, and they plan on releasing in later March. So check out Decadence. Have you guys looked at this? This is probably one of the. I'm I am so excited for this mod. Yeah, it does. It looks brilliant. Yeah. But my only problem is, uh, it's two uh, two players maximum per team, isn't it? Two versus two. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, two versus two. So oh, that kind of that. limits them a lot. Oh, huh, I didn't know that. I mean, if they've got 10 servers up, that means they can only have a maximum of 40 people playing at any one time. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, if you remember Decay, the uh, mod port of Decay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that until I discovered when it was released that uh, you can only have two people per server. So I never play that again because of that. And uh, I think this is going to be the same kind of thing with Decadence. Although well, it looks amazing. Yeah, it does look amazing. And it's good, you know... It's almost like, I, I hate to always uh, hark back at Beer and Bow, but that's what Beer and Bow really is. Four players max in a server would really give you a good amount of time. You can have 32 people in a Beer and Bow server if you want, but it's round-based. It's just, you know, uh, yeah. 1v1 at any given time. So, you know, four players is a good amount. For this, it really looks like, um, this kind of reminds me of a co-op single-player, or co-op multiplayer experience, where you have a friend, and you play with and I mean, a friend that you're really close with, and you just join a server and you do a 2v2, where, you know, one person might do distractions, and then the other person can loop around. I think there's going to be a lot of team play building skills in this mod that's going to be interesting, that you can only do, really, with 2v2. Reminds me of the uh, Army of Two multiplayer that wasn't co-op. It was two versus two, because Army of Two is, is a mainly co-op game. Right. And they had like a death match where it's two, um, you and a buddy versus another guy and his buddy. It was interesting, but it really wasn't played that much. And I think it was the uh, player limitations that killed it. You know what? I'm I'm gonna t- take the devil's advocate here and say that these player limitations is only gonna make this mod stronger. I'm a big fan of co-op, and I think two v two is really gonna make a unique experience. Um, you're really gonna have to work together as a team, whereas in other okay. mods, it's just a kind of a cluster of people. 
Hey, I hope so because we really need more um <laughs> we need more source mods anyway, but more original source mods would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll definitely play it. Oh I'll yeah. Definitely play it. Even if it's just out of respect for all the work and stuff that they've done for it, but uh I don't know how long I'll continue to play it. Right. Um it definitely deserves honorable mentions across the board because I mean uh, it's it's hard to look at this mod and not say, you know, Fallout Three. It's exactly what it reminds me of, um, and it just has to be said. Anyway, moving on, Decadence Mod. Check out Decadence Mod, the trailer, the release date coming out in March. Kind of far away, but uh, we can wait. Uh, next month. That's not far away. What am I talking about? So anyway, um, next on our list is Natural Selection 2. Released a whole bunch of media that we've been neglecting, um, and their website is currently down right now, but off the top of my head, they released the new Resno trailers, and they have a whole bunch of developer diaries. I'll let you guys take this over. Um, Philip, you said you had a lot of good stuff from Natural Selection. Uh, I did. <laughs> well, I played the first one, and it was fun, I think. <laughs> the building was fun. Yeah, so of I course. Can, uh, can't wait to play the second one. Yeah, mm -hmm. Because uh, uh, when I looked at the screenshots, the, the level design was really amazing. Yeah. The thing is, though, about Natural Selection 2 is it is a standalone game. I don't know. Does anybody yep. know if they're charging for it? Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Unknown Worlds will be charging for Natural Selection 2. So we kind of have to give it an honorable mention, though, because it did start on the Half-Life engine, and uh, it kind of harks back to that. Is it using Source? I think it was at first, but yeah. it's not anymore. I okay. think. Is that right? I, I don't know. Their site's down. They're using their own proprietary engine. They did start with Source, though. Hmm. But have you seen uh, the developer videos? I haven't seen them. Tell us about them. Oh. Well, I can't remember much off the top of my head, but the graphics in it, ah, they're amazing. It, it looks everything top-notch. Uh, they've got some really cool stuff, like uh, the latest one I watched is like um, showing off their development tools. Like uh, They have this kind of program called Builder or something, and you can load the models into it and see exactly how it will look in-game. You can load like the bump maps, the, the lighting effects, and I think that's really cool, actually. Or someone who's making a custom model or whatever, just to load it up in the in their tool and check exactly how it looks in game. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also got. Um, I think they mentioned that they had this. They built this huge tool that um, converts like in big batches all the media and stuff they've got. I think they mentioned that they were converting all the Half-Life Two textures they made from the Half-Life when they were back on the Half-Life Two engine. And it just batch converts it all to the uh, Natural Selection 2 format. I think that's really cool, actually. Wow, that is cool. You know, this is this is the perfect example of a team. Um, you know, all mod groups out there could aspire to Natural Selection. Because this is an example of a team that did everything right. And, uh, I mean, Flayro got a lot of heat earlier on in the Natural Selection 1 days. Because, well, people were thinking he was kind of a dick. But what what he was really good at was public relations. He was so good at PR that he made this mod popular. And uh, I think if mod groups try to emulate what Natural Selection did throughout the years, I think they'll really, really, really um, succeed. Because like, like what you're saying, James, this is a group of people who know what it's like to mod for you know games. So they're opening up those tools that make modding easier. And that's so important to a development group because Natural Selection is such a huge, huge game now. Um, it's such a huge following 
that obviously there's people making custom things for it and uh they're opening up those community tools for them almost kind of like earth special forces earth special forces does this too but on a much smaller scale so those are two mods that people should really try to emulate i think in terms it of... almost kind of seemed like uh, I, I made because i was only kind of half paying attention to the video because i was doing other stuff at the time but it kind of seemed like um it could almost batch me about almost everything from a source well not everything but quite a lot of stuff from a source mod so uh, perhaps when uh, natural selection 2 comes out we'll see a lot of source mods migrating to this newer and um, seemingly prettier engine with their uh, powerful tools so hmm. that could be interesting for sure that would be really interesting if you could have mods of natural selection and uh, you know that totally know it definitely converts textures yeah that totally have nothing to do with natural selection you know we, we talked about this the other day, mods to games, games to mods, mods yeah. to games, games to mods. This is exactly what is happening. Uh, wow. That's pretty cool. Maybe it will become the new engine to mod for. Yeah. Become the coolest thing. Possibly. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be cool, though. That'd be really cool to look at. Um, anyway, so that's Natural Selections. If you haven't checked out Natural Selection, it deserves a mention, even though it's not for Source, it's not a mod or anything, it's a standalone game. But check it out. It's cool. Especially all you developers out there. Um, Neo Tokyo is another mod that we've been kind of neglecting. Um, you know, they have a whole bunch of new media since we last talked about them. Uh, I just want to say that we need to check it out. You guys need to check it out. Neo Tokyo is going to be an awesome mod. Thomas, you wanted me to put on, put this on the list, I think, didn't you? I can't remember. I think you did. Okay, well, I must have then. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome. Neo Tokyo shots, check them out. I think that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, we have Dystopia on the list, but we'll talk about Dystopia next week. Uh, Fragout released some new maps. And uh, their maps look really nice. Uh, they got, let's see, one, two, three, three new maps. Um, I think they're all created by Soulfather, am I correct? Uh, yes. Yep. I think so, yeah. Yep. Because Soulfather just joined their team. He's the lead developer of Creed's. And uh, he created tons of new maps for uh, Fragout. And they look nice. They look really nice. So, Soulfather at his best, creating some awesome maps for Creed. Check them out on the, or for Fragout. Check them out at the Fragout mod DB profile. So that's that. How do you guys like those new maps? I only saw the thumbnails on the HRC forums. Yeah. They do look good. Yeah. They look they look nice. I, that's really what Duxas needs. I mean, there was that when we were playing the beta build of uh, of frag out he was talking about uh the one map that nobody really wanted to work on it was kind of half complete i guess soul father's going to be picking up that that map so it's good to see that they have a real good dedicated um mapper on their team it's exciting to see topic of the week topic of the weeks plural actually we got three topics of the weeks this week i don't know uh <laughs> first off is alabaster slim and uh, I want everybody to do this right now, all right? So everybody in the show, go to Alabaster Slim, and uh, just for right now. Actually, where the, where the hell? Uh, I, I think what I you wanted to do, it's down. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> How wait, many wait. things are down today? Oh, it is down. Oh, oh it is. Mom, mom, mom. Anyway, okay, we can't do it live That's on the right, show. That's right, I'm here. on it. Are, oh, yeah, it's back up. It looks maybe Steam account value at the top. Yeah. Uh. Oh, 
I don't know. So, I can't do it. No, this page no longer exists. Well, hopefully it comes back up. But I'll just tell you guys what this is. Um, if you go to the Alabaster Slim site, you can type in your Steam account. Um, you don't have to type in a password or anything, so don't worry. It just just queries your Steam community page. Um, and it tells you how much your account is worth. That's pretty cool. I think I was clocked at like $378 or something like that. <laughs> oh, Eight, wow. $897 with 69 games. Is that? Do I even want to know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how much your, your account is at, Daniel? Yeah. Wow. How many games? Do you just buy everything that's on Steam? Mm, maybe. <laughs> Thomas, did you see this earlier on in the day? Or the week? Uh, yeah, the actually, I'm the one that sent you the link, I believe, on for this one. Um, um, I think you did, but I found it before that. So. Okay. My account is worth only 285 with uh, 25 games. Aww. Womp womp womp. You don't win. You're not up to par with us. I don't want to win the nerd bash contest. <laughs> you can but take anyway, your, take your like trophy. Like I said, hopefully Alabaster Slims works uh, in the future, but uh, it doesn't work right now. So check it out. If it doesn't work, we might just pull the link. Either way, um, next on our topic of the week, video games help with fire drills. This is on BBC News, and uh, I guess they're using the Source Engine to help people familiarize, familiarize, I can never say that, themselves with uh, fire drills and building layouts. Um, they simulate uh, fire environments, and people have to make their way through the buildings to get out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it looks fun? Yep. <laughs> also, uh, if, if I w uh, were to play it, I think I would jump around and do all sorts of stupid stuff. <laughs> so yeah, they couldn't I really... I think yeah. I would too. I think what's going to happen is people are just going to stand on the fire and burn themselves to death. Quick load, burn I themselves would, to death. Quick yeah. load, burn themselves to death. <laughs> I would check if the fire even does damage. <laughs> it actually says that in the tail end of the article that, um, however, while the simulation worked for most people, those who played a lot of games did rather unusual things. If a door was on fire, they, the gamers, would try and run through it rather than looking for a different exit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't be hurt, it's just a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Their seat catches on fire. Take that. <laughs> I wonder if you can still impose 101 in this. But uh, what's the point of this? I mean, it's a, I don't know. a 3D a recreation of your building. Why do you not just walk around your building in real life? Well, you can't set your building on fire. You pretend there's fire. Put coloured paper down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually did this. We talked about this last episode, but for a visual arts project, I cre recreated my visual arts building in the Gold Source engine and hooked it up to a treadmill. So That would have been pretty sweet. I can see point in this. But, uh, I mean, so what is just so you know where to go if your building's burning? Is that, is I that guess the point? so. I guess so. Out the, the door, contract. maybe. Fire exit. <laughs> well, it's a, it's an I don't know, interesting I'm just a bit idea about, about this. I, like I'm gonna follow the I'm gonna follow the signs though. I'm not gonna be thinking, oh yeah, we did this virtual fire drill. Uh, which way did I go? It's gonna be like, where yeah, like, that was the sign. Where's the red exit sign? Yeah, oh shit, guys, the building on fire. Hang on, let me just load up Half Life Two. No, wait, wait, guys, <laughs> don't burn to death. I've got the mod open here. Let me just. 
Ah, uh, the yeah. The, Let me yeah, check the fire if fire hurts. hurts. <laughs> the simulation is wrong. The fire's supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, you guys have good points, but it's cool. It's good to see the source engine being used something other than you know source mods. Yeah, but I honestly don't think it's gonna cause a decrease in fire-based deaths. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. You're probably right. They're like, I could jump through the fire in the game. <laughs> I wonder if they just put everybody's health at once when they really can't jump through the fire in this game. Mm -hmm. Or the fire at like 999999 damage. <laughs> <laughs> so they explode. They just gib. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that's enough about that. But it, like I said, I think it's cool. It, give, it gives the Source engine some good light. Let's just all agree on that. It also teaches people where to place fire so they can't escape. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Alright, on to the next topic. Um, what I noticed on ModDB this week is there's kind of an influx in face poser tutorials. There's uh, one from Rebellion. It's called Getting Started with Face Poser. And then there's another one from the Opposing Force 2 team, and it's uh, voice syncing in face poser. So if you're a modder and uh, you don't know much about face poser or how that works and how to sync your sound or your audio with your models, um, check out these face poser tutorials because they're actually written pretty well. The first one that gets you started um, goes over you know the history of everything and how the GUI works and how the applications work. And then, uh, oh, sorry, that's the voice syncing. And then face poser getting started um, kind of goes over you know the theory behind it and everything pretty cool so if you don't know how that stuff works then check it out and that's it oh that was a long list of stuff to get through we're, we're through it i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> because now we can get over to the interview with uh with philip Mudaship from halfquake how you doing still doing fine <laughs> still doing fine that's good <laughs> <laughs> so tell us Tell us what uh, what Halfquake is. How did it start? And, uh, and tell us all about the different iterations. Tell us everything about Halfquake. Uh, right now, all right. in one sentence. <laughs> um, well, it started back in um, 2000, maybe. I don't know. And I was just like uh, sitting around with a friend over. And uh, I showed him Quake 1. And I was like, yeah, this looks really cool. And we could, uh, do to, uh, we could try to... Like mix it with the uh, movie Cube. I don't know if you guys know this movie. Um, yeah, and that's when it, when I started. I started right there <laughs> um, with the first trap, with the first two traps actually, and yeah, went from there. That and was the, that was the first you, part. Right after Quake, did you move over to the Gold Source? Did you move over to Half Life One? Uh, yeah. Um, um, with I actually uh, made the, the first half uh, half quake in Half Life. I just uh, showed uh, my friend the, the quake quake one because I was so intrigued by the level design of quake one. So it inspired me to make a Half Life mod. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's cool. So Amen was the first. The um, half quake Amen was the first half quake mod for Half Life one. No, no half quake um, without the, any subtitle is the first oh, one, and half quake okay. Amen is the second one. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then uh, now, what are you working on in terms of the Halfquake series? Well, right now, uh, Halfquake Sunrise is the uh, third part. 
and yeah, I've been working right on it since 2007, so it should be released this year. <laughs> that's nice. It's th that's for Half-Life 2, am I correct? No, it's still for Half-Life 1. Still for Half-Life 1, okay. I tried working with Half-Life 2, but um, yeah, <laughs> kind of like Half-Life 1 better. It's a bit easier to map for right now. That's what a lot of people like. I, I'm sure James can agree with you and uh, yeah, Rumpel if he's listening. <laughs> Uh, they yeah. would definitely agree with you. You guys, you know what? To be honest, if we had Rumple on the show, you guys would probably, and maybe Earth Special Forces, even though I hate them, um, you guys would probably still be the pioneers of the Half-Life One engine. To be <laughs> honest, so that's what I think, anyway. Um, anyway, so that's the that's the iterations of Halfquake. So tell us what Halfquake is. If somebody were to play Halfquake Amen or you know the new Halfquake Sunrise when it comes out, um, what do they expect? Uh, well, I've talked with my friend long uh, about it, and I think w uh, it comes down to exploration. Exploration and a lot of dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. that's true. And yeah. traps. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and people dying. Exactly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the gist of it. So you just walk through it and can have a look at uh, all the different ways to die. <laughs> yeah. Because it is very sadistic. I mean, uh, we did the blast from the past a couple of weeks ago, like like we said earlier in the episode, and uh, it's it's really you you kind of have to be in the mood for playing this mod, and it's and if you go into it expecting nothing or not knowing anything about the mod, you'll be like surprised at what it's like because it's all using black and white textures. Um, there's a lot of sadistic ways to die. And it's almost kind of like you're on a drug trip. Um, but only you're kind of like in some limbo purgatory. Is that what you would say? You're in some sort of purgatory after you're dead? Um, I don't really thought of. I uh, didn't really think about that. <laughs> Where you are, you're just you're just there. <laughs> you're just already dead. Yeah. <laughs> you can say Maybe. that for sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> what made you decide to use only black and white textures in really really simple texturing formats? Well, that's kind of funny. Uh, it, I had a I had a dream and I was like floating uh, towards three uh, spots, three white spots, and it took a, it took really long to to get down there. But when I when I arrived at the bottom, I saw that it was um, three figures actually talking to me. So and I, and I woke up and I drew it uh, on a piece of paper, and that's why I started. Wow! Um, because that was the basic theme of Half Quick Amen and. Uh, yeah, sort of continued from there with this die. It's almost like it was divine inspiration for you to make this mod. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the first question that everybody always comes up with, like, uh, would be, who in their right mind can think of a mod like this? Um, because that's so sadistic and so weird. Um, so tell us a little bit about your thought process and what you think about when uh, you're working on this mod and what types of things inspire you. Um, I have to say everything inspires me. <laughs> Just life? Yeah, everything. Uh, movies, games. Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, for, for patience, why you have to wait for 20 minutes. Uh, I was just waiting for the train. <laughs> so it's like, wait, I can do this in the game. So I wrote it down and yeah. <laughs> So it's just whatever you pull out of life, you put into the game. Yeah, whatever bugs me, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> With a sadistic um, twist, almost. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Thomas, you got any questions? Um, 
Oh, it's been so long since I've played Halfquake, but uh, I guess I'll ask a very specific question. And at the end of Halfquake, uh, Amen. What mm -hmm. what was the inspiration, if you can recall, from real life that uh, helped you decide on the ending? Uh, you mean the twenty different uh, traps? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't really remember what inspired me to do this. But yeah, the, the first part of Halfquake uh, ended with the player's death, so I kind of had to amp it up a, a bit. So, so I, I decided to let the player decide which way to die. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that is, you know, monumental in Halfquake is the voiceovers and how philosophical you guys get. Um, during the episode where we talked about Halfquake Blast from the Past, um, I was talking about, you know, when you get to that fire, that kind of campfire, and somebody gives you, like, a very philosophical life, talk about uh, life and what it means to be a follower and whatnot. <laughs> and I thought it was you, but it was actually your friend. So how yeah, do you guys it was my friend. How do you guys come up with uh, these types of scripted things? You just do it on the fly, and you guys just talk back and forth into a microphone? Um, we are uh, very uh, uh, experienced right now, so um, working together, I mean. Uh, so we can just sit down and we have a few uh, dialogues in a few minutes. So we're really uh, bouncing ideas uh, on and off. And yeah, that's it. it it's really good right now. Mm -hmm. It goes really fast. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is uh, your what is your sole purpose in the mod? Like, do you do most of the mapping, or do you both do sort both of the mapping, or I do everything. Just everything. <laughs> everything you see, everything you hear, it's all done by me. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. And your friend just kind of helps you along with text yeah, and voice. I just um, sit down and play the game in front of him, and he says, "Yeah, you could you could be a little bit more sadistic there." And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And I say, "All right, I take that back with me." And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, so, what would you tell a new player getting if if you were to play test the mod um, for somebody? If you were to bring somebody into, say, your room. And you wanted them to playtest. They had no idea anything about Halfquake. What would you warn them before playing the game? What would you say to them? Uh, be patient. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only advice you'd give them? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's that is all, we, all you need. What's that, Thomas? I was like, oh yeah. I was like, he'll, I'm sure he'll tell them to be patient. And they said, don't worry, I'm tying you to the chair for security reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get any um do you get any flack from other people because this is such a weird mod? Do you get a lot of hate mail or anything? I don't know why um, I would expect you to get some hate mail, but do you get a lot of people who get angry at you for some reason? Actually not anymore, but after the first part was released back in 2000, uh, yeah. 2001, uh I received some pretty interesting me uh emails like kind of saying I hate your fucking mod, but I could stop playing. Uh, <laughs> 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 it was really interesting. So, yeah. But ever since Halfquick Amen was released, uh, no hating there. <laughs> no hating for Amen. That's good. Because Halfquick Amen is one of my top five Half-Life mods, I would have to say. And uh, it is so such a good mod. I remember playing it for the first time. That's and, cool. God, that was, that was a long time ago. But uh, I remember being blown away. I was just like, I was not ready to play something like this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so sadistic and so interesting. Um, I mean, is there is there something you guys want? Is there some sort of message that you and your friend want to get out of the mod? Um, 
maybe something that the player can take away from it after they're done, all said and done? Phew. Well, uh, I would say uh, screw the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think because it's uh, one of the things that makes me uh, do Halfquake is to look at other games, look at uh, commercial games, and uh, see what they are, what rules they are restricted by. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that um, without the restriction, and that's Halfquake. So I don't know, maybe trying to free their minds a bit to show them new new stuff, new things to do, and yeah, right. Get rid get rid of boundaries. Now I'm going to be a little bit uh, cynical here and say that a lot of people, from what I can tell, a lot of people don't like Halfquake. Um, yeah. The people, the people who don't like it, there's there's two types of people: people who love it to death and people who hate it to death. And the people who hate it to death usually only hate it for one reason: and that's through frustration. Um, yeah. Do you address things like frustration uh, when you're ba- making the map? Do you do you say to yourself, "Oh, this may, might might make somebody too frustrated"? Uh, maybe we shouldn't do something like this, or do you just say <laughs> "screw it"? We don't care. Um, actually, I work a lot with frustration, and even when I'm playing my own maps, I, I say to myself, "How frustrating is that?" And I have like sort of an internal internal frustration meter, <laughs> <laughs> and if it's way uh, way beyond what I can uh, live with, so I kind of reduce it a little bit. But yeah, I usually keep the frustration level. Uh, very high. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. But th- I mean, that's that's good. It goes against what you're saying because I mean, most AAA developers wouldn't do something like this. They wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't create a a map or or even a game that would uh, be this frustrating. Because I mean, it would just drop their numbers. But you guys don't seem to care. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what I meant with boundaries. Like uh, commercial uh, people say, uh, I can't do this because it's too frustrating, and that's exactly what we do. Twice even. <laughs> Twice of the amount of frustration. Yeah. That's good. James, do you got any questions? Uh, I don't have any questions because I haven't played all the way through because it crashes. But uh, I was speaking of frustration, I was playing it today actually, and uh, uh, just the original half quick. I loaded it up and uh, the game started up the cutscene. I looked behind me and there was that smiley face behind me. I was like, mm, this looks a bit interesting. I went up to it and uh, used my use key. And it turned out to be a button. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really cool. I found a secret area. <laughs> oh, God, alien slaves. And I died. <laughs> and then I played yeah. on for a bit. And I got to the bit uh, just after the um, turret bit where you got the elevator. And then it crashed. So, I mean, that's all I've seen so far. But it's cool. I, I, I uh, intend to finish it. Yeah, it is. I, I expect, you know, if I don't really think... If you like exploring and you like finding new things, then you need to play Half Quake, no matter how frustrated you get, in my opinion. Um, Thomas, you got anything else before I continue? Um, I don't know. I like on the point of frustration. I think a lot of games this these days, and I'm gonna label myself. Well, I'm gonna. Well, there's no way to put it. I am gonna label myself here. A lot of games, people make them, and they want them to be playable by everybody. Yep. They want to please everyone, they want to dumb everything down. So the most uh, skill-lacking flesh bags can actually play through and finish a game. And it is so refreshing to have a game every now and then kick you around by the nuts, saying, 
No, this is actually hard. It's going to take some skill. The learning curve is steep. You know? Yeah. It's allowed to do it every now and then, especially when it's in an area where we've never seen things before. Like, if you did it yeah. in like a Capture the Flag game, I would be pissed because Capture the Flag is a simple concept. But mm -hmm. Halfquake is its own thing. It's incredibly unique. So I don't get upset when the game kicks me around. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we just covered with the with the email I told you before. It's very interesting. Like people say they are frustrated but they can't stop playing, so that's something interesting we we learned from making half quick. And it's not that half quick is hard. It's really not hard um yeah. to play. It's not challenging, it's not hard. It's just um most games nowadays like to hold the player's hand. And I think that's what a lot of people expect to hit for for games to be doing is you know hold me hold my hand through this tell me what i got to do and i'll just do it whereas half quake it's just we're not going to hold your hand i mean you're all you're alone and that's that's essentially what the game's about it's about being alone um exactly, trapped yes. in this alternate universe where you don't know what the hell is going on um you're confused you think you're dead you think you're alive um you actually lose your sight at one point um <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, it's not about holding your hand, and that's exactly what it doesn't do. It doesn't hold your hand. You have to figure it out on your own, and you know what? If you don't figure it out on your own, if you end up dying a whole bunch of times and getting frustrated, well, then you fail. <laughs> it's just really that simple. Yeah, then the game is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's it's really interesting looking at it that way because most games are made to are designed so that you know no matter what, um, you can beat it. Uh, there is a way. It'll it'll figure out a way for you to get through it. Most developers look at games saying, you know, how can we make it so that some everybody, 100% everybody plays our game throughout. But it doesn't seem like you guys care about that. Yep. Um, it's up to the player to, you know, give a little, take a little, you know what I mean? That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting to look at. Um, Halfquake is definitely a good series. What would you, uh, what kind of suggestions would you give to a modders or people who are just getting into the modding scene or the mapping scene? Um, well, um, don't think in rooms, <laughs> think in blocks. That's one of the first uh, things you need to realize that you are not connecting rooms and you, you really need to place each block individually so that you have full control of your level and it makes, uh, it results in a better level sign. Mm -hmm. That's some advice I would give. Yeah. And Let's of course, be and of course, be patient. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be your motto. Yeah, the patience is the key. <laughs> One question that might be a little bit personal. Um, have you showed your parents this mod? Yep. What did well, they well, actually, I didn't. I didn't. I never showed it to my father, I think. But um, I showed some screenshots to my mother, and she's uh, a bit interested in art herself, so she um, she liked it. Yeah, but, that's cool. Um, uh, showing her the game and telling her what to do, she she doesn't really know what to do with it. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. But she likes the design. So, <laughs> well, that's I'm I'm totally dry out of questions. I was looking very much forward to this interview. Thomas, you got anything else? Um, it's just maybe a generic question. I'm gonna actually poke this at James because you brought it up, but. James, do you ever show your parents what you work on? Um, yes. Well, yes and no. Uh, I tell my dad about stuff, but he's not really interested in the games. In fact, he calls yeah, me a nerd. 
my own dad calls me a nerd and says <laughs> I have to get a life. But um, that's okay. Which is emotionally scarring. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> my mum's actually played Cry of Fear. Um, she can't get a. She can't use WASD because I mean everyone knows that girls suck at games. So uh, she, and I hadn't shown her some of the more controversial stuff in it. I don't think I will either because she already thinks I'm a bit, bit weird. <laughs> right. So you didn't show her the cutscene where the player takes a baby fetus and they use it as a weapon. <laughs> oh no! Of course not. <laughs> Alan Manhunt. <laughs> Wait a sec, so let me get this straight. Your mother has played Cry of Fear, and I haven't? What the F, James? I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, so, wow. Um, yeah, Halfquake is going to be awesome. But, okay, let's talk about Halfquake Sunrise now. I mean, we've talked about enough about Halfquake Amen. Can right. we expect <laughs> kind of the same thing um, from Sunrise as from Amen? Um, kind of the same kind of purgatory-ish universe, a lot of traps, trying to get from point A to point B. Uh, without dying, essentially. Yeah, basically um, a lot of new traps. Yeah. Uh, right now, uh, last time I counted, it was fifty. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, basically it's the same, but it's not the same right. <laughs> at the same it, time. Does it almost take place in the same area, only with a different person, different characters, same character? Um, yeah, it's about um, like right next door. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Interesting. What about yeah. the length? Would you say it's about the same length? I tried to do twice the length of Half Quick Amen. Oh wow! Because Half Quick Amen yeah. is is rather long. <laughs> yeah, I tried to increase it a bit <laughs> to make it a bit more frustrating. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And is your friend working on this as well, Sunrise? Uh yeah, he helps me with the voice acting. Actually, I have two friends helping me with the voice acting, and I got my cousin helping with the voice acting. But yeah, the rest is uh, done by me again. So. That's good. Um, yeah. I had, oh yeah, how do you come up with the naming schemes Amen and Sunrise? Is there something behind that? Uh, not really. Actually, I think Halfquake itself is a pretty stupid name, but <laughs> <laughs> but we had to stick with it because of you know, uh, once people know a name, you gotta stick with it. Doesn't fit. <laughs> um, and yeah, Amen itself was uh, kind of a way to come up with a with an interesting combination of these names like half quick amen and like um went along well with the trailer like saying pray that it won't get more sadistic oh. amen <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and sunrise is like uh, a new beginning so to speak um, different kind of thing yeah but i don't really have uh, um, an all-enclosing theme running through Right. Just just from looking uh, looking for uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. Now, what does the future have in store for Halfquake? Like past sunrise. Once you get sunrise um, out the door. Past sunrise, I'd like to um, focus on the Halfquake community for a while, and I don't know if I I will ever create another Halfquake part. But I I said that after the first part, so I wouldn't take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> How is your community though? Now, now that you mention it, uh, do you have like a really big, strong community, or do you find a lot of people come and go? Um, it's actually um, like fifty people that are pretty close together right now. So, um, yeah, it's a small community, but a fine community, I would say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, we have our own website. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know Personal Halfquick. That's the that's the website name. And yeah, it's going pretty well actually. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. 
So where can people go to find out more about Halfquake, Amen, and Halfquake Sunrise? Um, either the ModDB profile or halfquake.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it has definitely been a pleasure to interview you. Um, <laughs> like I said, it's on my top list, so it's been fun. Um, yep, Thomas, any last was. words for uh, um, Mud Sheep? No. Any last I, words? Before, before we execute him? <laughs> <laughs> before we execute him? <laughs> <laughs> um... Like just one real quick one because, and I asked uh, Gabor from the Curse about this. I think, or you may have asked him, but um, the inspiration for a lot of your traps—do you get them from like movies, books, or do you just sit on the park bench and see a bird fly by and say, "Man, if there was a wood chipper in front of that bird," <laughs> that's exactly how I come up with that. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just sit around anywhere and uh, I see something out of the ordinary and I connect it with, uh, with game mechanics and implement it. That's the way I come up with ideas. Outstanding. So will we see a wood chipper in Halfquake Sunrise? <laughs> I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's jotting down different ways he wants to kill the host of Podcast 17. <laughs> that, would, that would be a really sweet cameo appearance. You walk into the secret room and then you get to hear us you know, tie it up and put through a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With that said, though, can we get uh, can we get you to say something from Halfquake? Like uh, a what quote you... or something, or if you can remember any of the quotes. Uh, yeah, One sure. One that I... you vo- voiced. Yeah. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> yeah, just pick anything. Go for it. Um, you might ask yourself why you're here. What went wrong? Why you? <laughs> for example. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded just like it. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I think that wraps up the episode of Podcast 17 this week. Um, I'd like to thank, first off, Thomas. Thank you for being on the show as always. Catherine, he's new. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank James, our guest this week. For last thank minute, you very much too. For me. Yeah, last minute. And of All course, right. Cry of Fear. Do you want to plug anything? Uh, just play our mod, damn it, and give us money. Um, <laughs> give money to Half-Life Creations, give money to me. Um, and yeah, play our mod when it comes out, and all our right. previous mods. And AOM, Afraid of Monsters. Yeah, Director Scott, not the original, because I didn't help on that. <laughs> so you don't care? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to thank Daniel for getting up by uh, HLC Radio. I don't think he's here right now, but... Uh... Say hi to everybody at HLC Radio. I'm sure there's some listening. Some listening. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Mada Sheep from Halfquake. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And I oh. think, yeah. I forgot one more thing. Yeah. Um, Fear is going to uh, be releasing uh, some developer videos soon, so you get to see our lovely faces talking about the mod and stuff. Uh, it's just going to be kind of like all the developers just talking about our inspirations and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Thought it'd be more interesting than a text news post. Yeah, I look forward to that. Okay, and I'd like to thank the listeners. Also, uh, questions. We like questions. Don't forget posting questions on our comment section. You can do the audio questions. I always say this, so it's probably getting a little bit repetitive. Um, Also, we're looking for video editors. Video editors, video editors, video editors. If you can edit any video, it doesn't have to be really professional. We're just looking for somebody who can do it. Um, because we want to get video casts out. 
basically, if you can do a capture a fraps video and overlay the audio over top of the fraps video of what we're talking about, that's really all it is. Um, nothing too fancy. We just want people some, something for people to look at. So if you can do that, get a hold of us, feedback at podcast17.com, um, and that would be great. And I think that is the end of another episode.